Welcome in, folks, to another edition of the We Have a High Expectations podcast. A special, very special edition this week as we will break down all aspects. We're going to cover all angles of the Supreme Court's potential Roe versus Wade reversal. And probably the most surprising leak since the Nashua Dam was compromised during the flood of 99. Who is the mole in the Supreme Court? We'll answer that today on We Have High Expectations. Uh, so I think it's got to be somebody <laughs> off of the staff of... Um, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to... <laughs> Obviously, We're absolutely uh, not, not going to talk about that. that right? Not going to cover any of it. But <laughs> I, I'm glad that I had my... Uh, I had my uh, my teams on mute because I thought I was going to cough and I didn't want to ruin your intro. And then you said that and I just busted out laughing. So I'm glad I, I I'm glad I didn't I had it on mute not to ruin it. So solid we were... solid intro. It's been a while since I've <laughs> talked to you. I kind of figured that was going to be number one on the rundown, but yeah, we were going back and forth uh, today on what the rundown's going to be, and you know. Well, I mean, abortion's got to lead it off, right? Got to lead it off. Got to lead it off. I mean, it's whatever. It's what the people. It's what the people think about when they think about we have high expectations. They expect us to hit on timely topics, like a leaked opinion from the Supreme <laughs> Court. Court. No, I think, folks. I think our listeners uh, come to the We Have High Expectations podcast Maybe to get, get away, away from that, get away from <laughs> stuff like that, to just have a little fun for about a uh, forty-five minutes to an hour. But yeah. But yeah, it's been a it's been a hot minute, Drewski. How many people do you think turned it off already? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus. Oh, shit. No <laughs> way I'm listening to these idiots talk about that. <laughs> well, if you're still with us, uh, we're going to get into... Uh, if you've made it this far, text all of your friends that listen to the podcast and make sure they know we were joking so they can come back and listen to it. So, there I mean, just... I, I'm sure everybody... You know, everybody's friends are listening to this. So just like a mass text message to your phone book is probably the number one way to do it. Right. Don't you think just. I was going to say a group text to, yeah, all of your contacts. Yeah. I mean, why limit it? It just that's going to make it easiest for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Full so. off. <laughs> but yeah. But no, we were off uh, last week. So last week. uh missed uh recording i was actually down drove down what is it a 15 hour drive down to fort benning georgia uh, and spent the weekend down there and back so carter uh our one of our three sons got through basic training now moved on to ait down at fort benning so that was quite the experience is pretty uh not to get serious but excuse me but it was uh not really sure what my expectations were, but it, it exceeded it. It was it was it was very cool. It was very uh, interesting. That's awesome. So it's so how it's been six weeks of basic training. Is that how long it is? No. So he he uh, went through ten weeks of basic weeks, training, okay. and now he's got an additional twelve weeks. Uh, so since he's infantry, it's all one station unit training. So. He does it all at Fort Benning. Typically, you get through basic and then, you know, people with other jobs get through basic and then they might ship somewhere else for their job training or their AIT. 
but infantry is all at Fort Benning. So gotcha, gotcha. It does. It just doesn't seem like it was ten weeks ago that that he went down. Time's going fast for him. So, which I'm yeah, sure is a good thing. That's what he says. You, you know, the days go very slow, but the weeks and the months yeah. go fast. You know, right? That's, uh, I mean, that's life for everybody anymore, man. Like it is. It is. So, well, but that's yeah. great to hear, man. That's... So that was good. And then uh, I got to take a little uh, story time here because the in-laws, so Jenny parents came with. And Jenny this parent, will, Jenny parents? Jenny's, Jenny's parents, yeah. This will get us back into... Uh, Laughter? So, yeah, this will get us back into the chuckles. So, so Jenny's parents came with on the trip to Fort Benning. And for those that uh, don't know, so um, her dad runs a farm construction company so he runs um you know does a lot of uh cement work for farms um does pads for grain bins does hoop buildings you know that type of stuff but then also he um he drives on the side he drives for k park out of janesville so he'll he'll drive like big bleachers or picnic tables or in this case it was pedal boats that he's driving had a drop off in atlanta and then another drop off down in florida at a place called lake como he had two paddle boats uh, or pedal boats to drop off in relation to chris and andrew como no it's spelled c-o-m-o so no but keep that in mind (laughs) where are we gonna go with this (laughs) potentially so (laughs) Drops off the ones in Atlanta, comes to Fort Benning with us for the weekend, and then, you know, on Monday or whatever, drives down to Florida. And we get a, I get a text from her mom. So her mom and dad are taking these paddle boats to Lake Como, Florida. And they pull up, and uh, her mom looks at the sign, and it says Lake Como. And she can kind of read what's underneath it, but she's pretty sure it says a family nudist resort and community. <laughs> and so nice. she's like... Did that just say nudist? And you know, Jim, her husband's just like, "No, you're crazy, nudist. What are you talking about?" But like, they neither of them had any idea this is where they were going. Like, K Park had no idea. They just are showing up to deliver boats to a to a park, to a resort, and it turns out they're driving up. You know, does that say nudist? No, and they keep driving, and she's like. I don't think that guy's wearing any pants. And he's like, no, those just got to be. He's probably wearing tan pants. And then they get past him and turn around and look back and see a little Dorful Flynn flopping around. And they're going, nope, nah, he's definitely not wearing any pants. So they he's get called him. a Dorful Finn? Dorsal, I miss, I misspoke. <laughs> yeah. Is wee wee. <laughs> so they get in there and everybody's nude. It was, I don't know why. But I was just rolling the whole ride home. I just laugh like randomly. And Jenny's like, what are you laughing about? I'm like, I'm just thinking of your parents rolling into that nudist, that nudist community. Uh, and then it's, it's, it's listed on the visit Florida website about oh, no Tampa Bay area, family nudist resort and community in a 200 acre nature park for a true naturist experience. <laughs> yeah. And they're just riding around in golf carts. Like, and then, you know, how do the pedal boats work? You just hop off and another guy hops on. Are we going to sanitize yeah. this down or what? I mean, I, mean, I got I a lot of this. questions. I mean, I'm looking at this and yeah, there isn't, they do have a student discount. Um, Apparently, yeah, information that says it is uh, pets are allowed on leashes. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, 
They do have some hiking trails, some sport courts, tennis, volleyball, tennis, like playing tennis naked. Jesus. <laughs> volleyball. Basketball. Well, like the best basketball part about I'm it. not yeah. guarding somebody. <laughs> and, like that's, that's where I draw the line. Like, I mean, I've drawn the line at this whole thing, obviously. Yeah. And everybody's going to probably be appreciative that my fat ass is drawing the line at this whole thing. Typically, the people at those places are the ones you don't want to see without clothes. But no, the best part about it is you said it on their website and on the sign, it's called a family family. friendly. Like, what the hell are you talking about? How does that work? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. The best lines... The best lines were Jim said he told K Park he had called K Park and said he's going to have to add a little bit of extra onto his bill because of the time it took him to undress. <laughs> and then I sent it out to some family, and my dad was like, "So, how long are they staying?" And I was like, "That's a pretty good response." <laughs> we were pretty good. Pretty good. Can, can you imagine? Dude, it's like right. Uh-huh. In the, it's like right in the center of Tampa, like. Yeah, he thought, I mean, he was talking to Colton, our oldest, like, hey, maybe you come with us, you know, he had to get back to work, but he's like, maybe you come with us and we'll run over and you can dip your feet in the Gulf of Mexico and stuff. And he's like, thank God I didn't bring him along. <laughs> like, this is yeah, wild. That is, that's crazy. It's not that close to the, to the beach, but I mean, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, it's like right by like TPC Tampa Bay and like. That's bizarre, man. Anyway, totally bizarre. Yeah. Totally bizarre. I'm but glad, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, I'm glad you didn't give me a heads up on that. We got actual <laughs> reaction. Yeah, so, that was that was solid good stuff. story. Solid good story. Stuff. Should we get on with the show? We got a. Uh, we get. Do we got anything to talk about? Did anything happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, the biggest thing I think that's happened uh, since we've last talked was the NFL draft. God, right. I fucking hate the NFL draft. Oh, the NFL draft. There's nothing like the draft itself. In Vegas. The draft itself. Can you imagine like like a worse place to be? Like can you imagine like somebody the, the type of person that would fly to Vegas with all there is to do in Vegas. Now like, I I was in Vegas in, in, in early February. First time I'd ever been. It's pretty cool. Like, but like it wasn't like the greatest thing in the world, right? But it was pretty cool. Um, but I still can't imagine with all the stuff going on there, like just going to a courtyard and listening to people's names get read by some white dude. Like, you know, you can just watch on TV. I never understood people that go to the draft live. Yeah. Like, um, you, like, yeah. If I'm in Vegas, the, there's a million other things I would rather be doing. The people that are there on Saturday for rounds four through seven, yeah. like those people are borderline serial killers, right? Like we should probably <laughs> have those people on a watch list somewhere, like maybe a no fly list or something. Like, I mean, like, come on. But here, my, my, my least favorite thing of all favorite things in the draft is the, uh, the day after winners and losers draft grades, who fell all this stuff. It's like, Come on, man. Like we're 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 grading. So so the media, these draft media people get to decide, you know, who they think should be taken where, and then when they're not, they get to go ahead and grade. Like that doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> like, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Just, it would be, it would be like saying, hey, uh, the Nets are going to beat the Celtics in the first round, and then when the Celtics sweep them 4-0, being like. 
well, the, you know, the. Given the Nets an F. Yeah, like, the Nets well, got we, an we F. Give an and F the we, Celtics we got an A. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, like I, I was like, I read something about like who the Bears had took because I was just curious on who they took. I didn't really like pay a whole lot of attention to it. I think Brad Dog sent us who the first pick they took was. And I thought Bears you were dead. I a... thought you were dead because you didn't send steal the draft after every single Bears pick. Um, well, I so I called the that. Sumner police to, to do a welfare check. Did they find you up there or not? Yeah, nobody came. Nobody came. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was on, I was well, but nobody did check. Did check. No, I usually do that on the first round selection. So I, oh, okay. So the, Bears the Bears didn't have a have. first round pick. Yeah. I'll take the year off, basically. Yeah, but everybody's just going nuts about like giving the Bears a crappy grade, and I'm thinking, well. Like, did anybody watch the Bears play football last year? I'm pretty sure I could have thrown for 250 yards against them last year. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously I couldn't because, you know, I haven't thrown a football in a while and the shoulder's a little rusty. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, this whole NFL draft thing, we just got to, this has got to end. It's just, it's too much. It It is. And I'm with you on the, uh, I mean, it's, it's preseason polls that we instantly react to before a game's even played like it's so it's so wild. yeah but well then the whole I, like you know like oh this person fell in the draft like that's an impossible thing the draft is a moment in time you get selected yeah. at the spot you absolutely cannot fall in a draft because it, it hasn't happened yet it's not like they took you know, it's not like they went and took Aaron Rodgers at two and then put him back into the draft and let him fall to 21, like, yeah. or whatever he got picked, you know, like, so this whole, look at him fall. I cannot believe it. Well, what does that even mean? So maybe I just, is, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm too, this is kind of like my control your own destiny thing. I just got to let it go. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to change the world on this. I just got to let it go. Well, I just, you know, I just didn't watch much of any of it this year and and yeah. i'm fine but if you can't fall in the draft is it still possible to be to to have to be the steal of the draft though oh i have no idea i, I oh absolutely I, I, I don't know <clears throat> i mean i'm sure you could say yeah like i don't know the, the, the draft is kind of weird in general like like as you get older you're like this is like kind of weird like we just kind of you know throw these people in and we tell them where they have to go work i mean they get paid well, but we'd tell them where they have to go work. Like, can you imagine if, like, you and I both work on insurance. Can you imagine if they just had a draft and, like, travelers selected us and we had to go to Hartford? Like, I'd be like, eh, I don't want to go to Hartford, right? Like, um, you're the you John know? Elway. You're the yeah, John like, Elway. Yeah, <laughs> or USAA, and you're, insurance like, going compliance. down to San Antonio or whatever, and it's like, ah, I not San Antonio, you know? So, I mean, it's just weird. It's It's bizarre. Yeah. Now, a couple of things. Uh, the only other things I want to say, we got to give uh, we got to give the Gary Emmert stat of the draft to native Iowans drafted in the first round. Right. To True. Iowa yeah. high school football players. Um, and then on top of that. Northern Iowa with a first round pick and the most together team in Iowa State Cyclone history with zero first round picks. Which no first continues. round picks. How many years has that been? It's been what? What do you think? Maybe like what? It's got like probably like fifteen. <laughs> more? So like twenty? The longest active it, drought without okay, a first drought. round. So it's like it's like what twenty-five years, like at the most. Like come on, 
So the longest active drought without a first-round NFL let me guess. pick. Let me guess. Let me guess, because <laughs> come on. So it's obviously it's more than 25. I mean, come on. Like 36. 36. I mean, I'll that's forever. You, yeah, I'll give you this. It's higher than 36. The The second longest drought is Indiana. It's been 29 years since Indiana's oh, okay. had a first-round pick. But it's more than 36? I mean, if Indiana's the second longest at 29, it can't be more than 40, right? <laughs> It's more than 40. It's more than 40? Okay. I mean, what? So you said they're 29? So it can't be more than like 46. There has to be <laughs> one player somewhere in there, somewhere in those last 46 years of Iowa State football that was good enough to get drafted in the first round of the NFL. The the, the old uh, card sharks. Higher, higher. Higher? Okay, fine. 40, 49. It's got to be 49, <laughs> right? I mean, it cannot be more than 49. That would just be asinine. That'd be insane. Close enough. It has been 50, count 50? them, 50 years since 50? Iowa State's had a first-round NFL draft pick. I'm in the club. <laughs> yeah, 50. 50 years. <laughs> and it's not the uh, fault of uh, Iowa State or their, you know, their success of their program. There's obviously a vast conspiracy among NFL teams to not draft Cyclones for some reason. Makes sense. An apology, make sense. Is, an apology is due, that's for sure. Yeah. Get that hung up <laughs> next to all the other apology letters in Jamie Pollard's <laughs> office. Right next uh, to the uh, right next to the withdrawal letter from the American Association of the of Universities. So <laughs> yeah. well not anyway. got, although I will say Cincinnati did have a guy drafted, right? So they'll probably, you know, scout that. Well, you know, the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve didn't have didn't any, have, right? They didn't have a whole first, yeah. first round, yeah. Unless Texas didn't like, Texas didn't have a guy dra- drafted, period, right? Like I don't know. Crazy? that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. But hell of a conference. <laughs> that's about uh, enough of the NFL draft, don't you think? Let's, I mean, those let's are the on. who cares? Two bullet points from my end. Yeah. So Bremer County Sai is probably pissed at me right now. <laughs> He's got a mailbag question that uh, we're going to pull in on this next segment. Okay, um, let's do it. We got to talk uh, a little transfer portal, a little name image likeness, a little NIL. Okay. Um, are we starting it off with the question? Is that what's getting us in or do we want to go ahead and talk about something else first? Let's start with the question. Okay, let's do it. Speaking of name image likeness and transfer portal. The mailbag from Bremer County Cyclone, the lone mailbag this week. He says, Marty must not have donated enough NIL money to Wartburg to get Connor McCaffrey to come play for Coach Paith. Marty needs to step up to the plate a little more, don't you think? So that's referencing, I believe Marty uh, had a mailbag question earlier in our in our series of podcasts about uh, that Connor McCaffrey would not would not start at Wartburg, or I think his question was, would he start at Wartburg? Connor's coming back for what a sixth year with the Iowa Hawkeyes, kind of and and Bremer one, County Cyclone, yeah, Bremer County Cyclone thinks it's because Wartburg College doesn't have an NIL collective uh, set up yet. So, yeah, um, I don't really have an answer to that question. I'm. Important conversation. I'm glad we're having it. Yeah, I'm guessing um, Connor wasn't uh, wasn't looking Division three. No, I would, I would I doubt it. I would doubt it. But uh, that would be yeah, surprise. let's start with if we're going to talk name, image, likeness, transfer portal, extra year. 
can I just say like like what I think is the cause of all of this stuff that is all piling on top of one another to make college basketball and college football seem absolutely insane right now? Um, can I just tell you where I think it's starting and I'll go on my little diatribe here and then you tell me what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So where, where it start or where it's stemming from or what, what stemming, event what started it? Yeah. yeah. What okay. it's stemming from, not an, a, a single event. So the NCAA, every decision they've made since the O'Bannon lawsuit came into, into play has been designed or has been based in the theory, in their theory of amateurism and what amateurism means and that their sports are amateur sports and their players are amateur players. And because of that, they cannot make money. And that this is, this is their, th- their, their theory of the case. Right. And at this point in time, it's not the case anymore. They're not amateurs, right? The big 10 is going to sign a billion dollar TV contract this month. The sec has went and poached Texas and Oklahoma from their conference to make more money. Coaches, coordinators, strength coaches, um, analysts, all these people are jumping from one school to the next to get to get a better job or more money. Conferences go from I mean, one conference to the next. These smaller conferences, they're changing membership every year to get a better deal, right? to get more money into their program. We're flying Duke across the country to play in uh, Spokane against Gonzaga or Vegas against Gonzaga on a Tuesday night. The game starts at 10 o'clock Eastern time, right? These kids are not amateurs anymore. And the sooner we admit that, the sooner we can get to a point where we can call them employees of the school, they're student employees of the school, and they can get paid by the school's you can get into some type of enforceable contract that would allow you to say, if you leave my school to transfer somewhere else, you forego this amount of money. And the NCA can have rules that say, you know, if you stay at us, the longer you stay at the school, the more money, the more employment money you're eligible for. And if you go to a new school, you got to start over, right? They can, they can do those things. And so, you know, they, they come out and they say, you don't have to sit out a year for, for a transfer. And that's because, you're claiming the kids are amateurs. So if you're going to claim the kids are amateurs, you got to treat them like every other college student and every other college student can go wherever the hell they want. And in fact, in most sports, you can go wherever the hell you want and play the next year. The only three sports that they made you sit out of year were men's and women's basketball and football. So they make that change. The NIL change, right? Well, you can't use it in recruiting. Well, of course that's never going to happen. Of course that's going to happen. Right. You know, like, and if you start making rules against, you know, you can only make this much in NIL or you can only do this thing or you can't do this collective or you can do that collective. Then we just right back to, you know, cheating again. Right. So they've made all these rules. The COVID decision, the COVID extra year was 100 percent based on, well, you can't make amateur amateur kids compete in a pandemic. Right. OK, well, fine. We won't make you compete and, and you can sit out of here because of COVID, but you don't nobody will lose a year of eligibility. Right. These are all decisions that are made because they are trying to wrap themselves in this amateur, this definition of amateurism that does not exist, does not apply. It it might have applied in 1985. It might have applied in 1975. Might have applied in 1950 when they came up with it. And the main reason they came up with it was because they didn't want to pay for health insurance for people. So they call them amateurs. Right. So, like, to me, the sooner we get some leadership in that understands that the old system is dead 
this amateur system of they're playing for the love of your school. They go to, you know, they're, they're playing to go to school, you know, they go to class and all that stuff. They're still going to go to class. They see the NCAA can still make the rules that they have to pass classes. But the sooner we get past that, the sooner we can get to a system that'll settle down and will allow for fans, coaches, players, and everybody to have a better understanding of what's going on. And it's not going to be the wild, wild west. You're still going to have John Ruiz's out there at Miami that are just going to throw money around, right? Good for John Ruiz. I think he's a fucking insane person to be paying college kids that amount of money. But, you know, when you can light thousands of dollars on fire, hundreds of thousands of dollars on fire, go for it. You know, that wouldn't be what I would do as a billionaire, but whatever. Um, there's always going to be those people, but for the other, for everybody else, you can rein this back in and and get back to more of a sport that we recognize where teams are built over time. Players aren't just getting up and leaving at any time. And they're also getting paid, which they, they have value. The, the shows, they have value. So that's my, that's my soapbox. That's my, I think I've been saying that to you guys for years about the amateurism thing. Like it's not amateurism. Stop calling it amateurism. Stop making bad decisions because, of it. you know, it's the, it's the start with why thing, right? If your why is bad, every decision you make after that can't, it can't be good because your why is bad. So, so yeah, yeah, I'll get off my soapbox and I'll let you, I'll let you tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I don't know that you're necessarily wrong. I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know that you're right. I don't know that you're wrong. I think you're where you are right is that these decisions that were made that led us to the current place we are were all reactionary knee-jerk decisions to an isolated thing, right? As opposed to looking at it more at the big picture, um, which I think is what you're getting at, right? Now, whether your big picture of making them you know, employees of the university or however that works. I think the current setup is not good. It's not, sus- <laughs> it's not sustainable. It's not right? sustainable. Like it's not, and like yeah. your, your examples of these athletes, 18 year olds or whatever, these, you know, teenagers, early 20 year olds getting money thrown at them for some of these NIL deals, like those donors, uh, that all that's going to slow up at some point, right? I mean, you're always going to have crazy rich people that want, you know, to sit courtside and want to feel like they're the GM of their favorite college or whatever, fine. But what's the what's the rate of return on some of this stuff, you know? Like some yeah, of these there is guys. No, there's, no, there's no rate of return, ba- right? Like right. this isn't. Like, no. And basketball one guy can make a bigger difference football eh, unless it's you know unless it's a handful of quarterback recruits or quarterbacks out there like how much difference does one guy really make on a football season but um but yeah so i i don't know the answer i think um you know they it's hard uh to say, I mean, it, to me, another uh, another part of this equation is the scholar for a college education has that diminished in value just in society, right? Um, as you know, does that does that kind of play into it some too, right? Like, do you really yeah. need? a four-year do you really need a degree to get in the door at you know and there's all kinds of people making money and starting 
businesses starting up. I mean, it's just a different world um, all around. And social media has definitely given athletes more of a voice than they've ever had. I mean, it's given everybody more of a voice than they've ever had, right or wrong. But that's that's part of it too, right? Um, 99% so. of that, 99% wrong on that. Correct. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, back I, in the day, I mean, you know, I liked Just Settles back in the 90s, right? Like mm-hmm. now I like Jordan Bohannon. I can see all the smart, dumb, and in the middle stuff Jordan Bohannon wants to put out on the internet, right? Like I never, Andre Woolridge, yeah. I didn't know what the hell he was doing unless they right. did an interview right after the game and I heard five seconds right. of it. Now everybody, um, so so that just, in, in, it's that the Zach McCabe itself, suck a fat one thing, right? Like, you know, like. <laughs> Like that's like that wouldn't have happened 20 years ago, you know, and and, right. and that's good, bad, whatever it might be. The the thing but for me makes, is if I'm saying it makes these players think, which they do have value. You're right, but it makes it it makes them think even more that they have a name, an image, and a likeness. Mm-hmm. And 90 plus percent of them are going to find out, you know. Yeah, that's it's, it's a native Iowan playing for the Hawkeyes. Nobody's really going to care whether they eat this sandwich shop or that sandwich shop, you know? Yeah, um, but that's but. where these collectives and these billionaires come in, right? Because like Nigel Pack gets eight hundred thousand dollars over two years to go to, um, to go to Miami, right? And his deal is with Life Wallet, um, and like there is no way that Nigel Pack is worth $800,000 right. in exposure to Life Wallet. You know the and the Life Wallet people will turn around and say, "Well, we had 3 million hits to our website the day after we announced that deal." I was one of them because I was like, "What the fuck is Life Wallet?" you know? And then I go yeah, to the website yeah. and I find out it was an uh, what is it? MSP Recoveries company and I was just like, oh, "Dude, I freaking hate MSP so much." Um, as a former uh, claims adjuster, like I hated MSP. Um, but um, I don't know what Life Wallet does. And I went to the web, I, I, I forgot what Life Wallet yeah, does. And I'm not going to go back there because, like, I, I don't care. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where John Ruiz is, is paying for it. And I do think it's, like, hilarious that it's it's the University of Miami's basketball program that's, like, causing all this, like, outrage, right? You know, the $800,000 for Nigel Pack. Oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this. And then followed up with Isaiah Wong saying, like, hey, I'll transfer if you don't rework my deal. And it's all my University of Miami basketball is, you know, is is driving. And, and I think a lot of the outrage is, 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 is outrage for outrage sake, right? These guys that like I think we said this the other day the the Iowa State fans that lost it about Tyrese Hunter it's like well wait yeah. a minute you know and so you you go to, and you see these guys that have thousands and thousands of posts on college sports message boards and listen to six college po- basketball podcasts or college football podcast or um, have Twitter handles with like Cy or Hawk in their name right your your identity is wrapped up in being an, a fan of your school like you're not going to stop watching because one player transfers or somebody's getting paid. Like you're not going to stop. You, you just aren't, you, you you can say you're outraged and this is the end of college sports and you're never going to do it again. But I got news for you. Everything else you've done in your whole life tells me that you absolutely will like, and you're still going to yeah. care if they win or lose. And, and, and on top of that, if the one thing that broke your fandom was a kid getting paid, what does that say about you? <laughs> Like if, if, if that was, if that was the line, like some kid got a hundred thousand dollars to go throw himself around on a football field into other people, 
you know, 12 Saturdays a year for your enjoy, uh, enjoyment, if that ended it for you, like, I got, I got news for you. You're a pretty shitty human being. Like, you know, like yeah. to be mad at the kid. Now you can be mad at the system and say you don't think this system's fair and you don't think it's gonna help your favorite team win, but to just walk away from it because kids are getting paid and and blame it on the kid getting paid tells me like, come on, man, you got something else going on. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that argument. I I think where I don't know about the people that have Cy or Hawk in their Twitter handles, but I think where the majority of the people and I would throw myself in this camp too get concerned or, you know, I'm not outraged, but have concerns is around the idea of fairness, right? You know, and professional sports leagues, it's not fair. I mean, baseball's, you know, big market, small market, you know, I mean, there, it, but there is a salary cap or a luxury tax or something in most of those that gives a perception of fairness, at least. College sports, you could argue, has never really truly nope, been fair. Ever. It's never been a playing a level playing field. But my worry is this just going to extend that gap between the haves and the have nots, or you know, in this case, I got news for you though. Those that the, those, the, the team those you root for is a have. The team you in the grand scheme of things is a have. Yeah, three hundred and fifty college basketball schools. Iowa's got to be funded in what the top. 30 in the, in the country. It is, it is. And maybe not so much that the, the haves and the have nots slash the schools that are more willing to run loose and fast versus the schools that are completely buttoned up compliance wise. Right. You know, and that that's maybe where I'm more concerned. Right. You know, like Iowa, Iowa compliance turns themselves in because Ashton Kutcher took a photo with who was it back in the day in the press box at Kinnick. I got a great Iowa compliance story. You know, and yeah. And so we're obviously, to no surprise, Iowa Hawkeyes don't currently have a collective where other schools do. And But they're starting one. Parents yeah. said it in the thing, and they're they're probably taking their time to do it right. And I think a lot of Iowa fans are upset with that, but I, I'm not. Like, this is a... This is a big picture thing. This isn't like this isn't lose the um, a guy who started his career at Portland State, ended up at Lafayette and then decided to go to Ole Miss for his senior year when he's from Montgomery, Montgomery, Alabama. Like that, that's not the issue, right? That, oh, he, Ole Miss paid him and we didn't get him. Well, who cares? Like uh, the bad man much, came calling. This is a much bigger picture thing. This is about the next, you know, this is about the next 15 or 20 years and making sure you're doing it right. And. I, you know, there's a story on Sports Illustrated right now. You'd have to go read it uh, about the NCA basically coming out and saying, like, if these things are, if these collectives are getting used in recruiting, they're gonna, they're gonna hammer the schools and say, and you know, like, I mean, good luck. I mean, you know, like, that just pushes it back underground, right? And, and you know, you you, you do it in a way to not get caught, but um, at le- you know, at least there will be some type of guidance that this is how you do it the correct way. And you know, from an Iowa basketball standpoint. Is it going to change any recruit that we would have ever gotten? I, I I don't I don't know the answer to that. I I, I don't think so. Like I I can count the number of the number of basketball but black basketball players that Fran McCaffrey has gotten outside of the Midwest on one hand, right? Desante Bowen and Bryce Cartwright. Like that's yeah. Mel Sampasavi. Those three guys. That's it, right? Like everybody yeah. else is in the mean, Midwest. It so like. Been... You know, like 
I don't know if a Woodbury or a Gazelle goes to somewhere else Midwest if they're offering. Yeah, Tyler Cook maybe comes to mind. But I think we're someone going to like, be we're going to be in that like, game. Uh, we're going to be someone, in that game, right? Yeah, it's just what I and some time. More, more what I'm worried about with Iowa basketball would be like the C.J. Fredericks, right? Like Fran has always been great. The Aaron Whites has always been great at finding Luca Garza, you know, has been always been great at finding guys that weren't top recruits and developing them into mm-hmm. star players. Now, would, would an Aaron White go back to Ohio State in today's transfer portal NIL realm or some, you know, or somewhere closer to home after he has a good freshman, sophomore year at Iowa, you know, that that's what I, all hypotheticals that we can't answer. Yeah. But those are the things that, and you may say, so what, right? I mean, um, let the kid do what the kid wants to do and play where he wants to play. Sure. But it's, um, and I'm probably the grumpy old man that things are changing, so I'm not happy with it, but those yeah, would I be. Just- I understand. I understand the concern. I think that things once they once they get, you know, Mark Emmert is leaving. Hopefully they get some real leadership in that can actually address these questions. The thing a lot of people from outside your immediate family, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Your uncle, if he's my if he's my uncle, he's your (laughs) uncle. Like, you know, like so um that's, that's how like that's when, how this that's how this works. <laughs> like when Carter would tell me your mom jokes or you know or something. I'm like, yeah, those are just weird, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. It doesn't work. That doesn't um, work. Too. But but people forget <laughs> that that the NCAA didn't just like let name, image, and likeness happen because they decided they were going to let it happen. Right? It came from California passed a law. South Carolina passed a law. Yeah, Florida true. passed a law. Supreme Court decision that came down 9-0 against them on like being able to restrict what college athletes can, you know, can get as compensation. Um, so the, these are, these are, you know, uh, red states, blue states, a, a Supreme Court that we talked about at the start of the show, 9-0, right? Like the, the NCAA was, was getting pushed here by, you know, the, by Into uh, your... the, the government. And then they just did not see it coming. Like they were, this train was on the track, right? They were staring yeah, down this fun. train. They've been staring down this train since the start of the O'Bannon lawsuit, right? Then they would just do little things like now you're buying an Iowa football jersey with just the number one on it. And it used to buy an Iowa basketball. I got an Iowa basketball 44 jersey because it's Greg Bruner. And the only reason I have it is because Bruner called me from Penny's or Yonkers or wherever he was at and was like, hey, they got my jersey. Do you want me to buy you one? And I was like, yeah, I want you to buy your own jersey. That's fucking hilarious. Like, could somebody like, videotape this so i can watch the cash register guy be like dude you're you're fucking great bruner why are you buying 10 of your own <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, can't you get these yeah, out of like the i was just like room? oh my god i would can you like wait until i get there to do it and like let me watch this because this is going to be hilarious um but uh but yeah and so they what the ncaa do there they they stopped doing that I mean, just number one right you just that, that's how they did it um you know so they would make these changes all along knowing this was coming without actually addressing it. And yep, that's where, it. yeah, and that's, how we got where to this, that's how we got to this moment. That, yeah. To your point originally is and me saying basically the same thing a different way, instead of being reactionary to each one of those events, not right. seeing the train on the tracks flying at you full speed yeah. and looking at it with a bigger picture vision to solve yeah. instead of just, 
and fixing every they, little thing, every you know, instead of just plugging every little hole that started leaking. And, and I think but, they 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 wanted to just kick the can down the road to 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 the federal government, right, and just put it into and and let Congress make make some law. And I think Cory Booker and Marsha Blackburn have like a, a some type of bill or legislation they're working on. I cannot believe Cory Booker and Mar- Marsha Blackburn are working on anything together, but like, you know, hey, whatever it is, what it is. But uh, um, maybe maybe something comes of that, right? Maybe you know, maybe they I, there were some rumors about like uh, Bob Gates or <clears throat> Condoleezza Rice being the next president of the NCA, somebody that can kind of work in Washington to maybe get something through, because I think they're going to have to do something like that. Because how do you? What are the Title IX implications of paying? you know, a, a salary, do, would you have to tie it to like revenue of the sport? Would you have to just tie it to the sport? So a women's basketball player is making the same as a men's basketball player. Like, I, I don't know what the, I, I don't know what the, that would look like. So you're probably going to have to have something like that done. So we're probably talking a few years before this thing actually settles down. Um, in the meantime, it's going to be chaotic. And like, I'm sure there's going to be a time when somebody leaves Iowa that I'm going to be pissed about, but you know, that time was, Three, three weeks ago when my boy Big Josh <laughs> went in the portal, but he is back, so life is good. Tequila Shooters, baby. Big Josh is back. Big Jelly. God, I love Big Josh. I'm so excited <laughs> to be back. I'm just so happy. Franny has to uh, re-recruit his, you know, his players now in this Big world. But. Which, by the way, when I said uh, I, I'm an American black basketball player, so I'm not counting Gabe Olashaney or Big Josh in that. Big O, yeah. Yeah. Both so. Big O's. No, thank anyway. God. Big Josh is back. I do, uh, you know, I mentioned Franny having to re-recruit players. I worry a little bit about how many how many other coaches are we going to lose. I don't know that Jay Wright necessarily retired. It was, that was a surprising story. Yeah, that was crazy, out, but wasn't it? Jay Wright retiring potentially because of this new environment. I mean, we lost Pete Bell. If you go back a few years from WU because of this environment, happy going to the cash machine, you know. Billion China man, don't give it. <laughs> Did he say China men or men in China? I think he, I think said, he said China, China man. man. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. But that's. I, uh, I mean, I said it too. Exactly. I just threw it out there. I just threw it out there. I was, I was quoting. Saying, the film. I was don't quoting. Cancel. Don't cancel Pete me. I was quoting. I was quoting Pete Bell. But I do think that there, there might be some to that. Some people are like, "Oh, we're losing all these great coaches and everything." I'm like, it's just gonna. It's just going to bring in another an, another group, right? Like Carolina fans got to be ecstatic with Hubert Davis right now, right? They're change, they're modernizing the way they're they're playing. You know, they're not playing two bigs anymore. They got all those guys back, right? They just landed um, potentially the number one player in the class of 2023. Like Duke, John Shire's killing it recruiting. Like they've got the number one class this in 2022, and I think currently they got the number one class in 2023. Like there will just be a new crop of really good coaches. Um, and I'd be a little worried if I was Villanova just because, um, you know, what they what they ended up as after, you know, after Roy Massimino, even in like Roy Mass, end of Roy Massimino's time, Steve Lapis's time, um, you know, they weren't what they are now. Like Jay Wright has built that. Um, but the, the good thing they have going for them is they're the best job in the Big East, right? They're in Philadelphia. They've got the most history. Um, you know, whereas when Jay Wright came into the Big East, they were not the best job in the Big East. There were several sure. jobs. So, um, so yeah, it'll be, I, I think college basketball is changing and 
if if we get more guys like Caleb Love and Armando Baycott and Oscar Shibwe and you know those type of guys coming back to school uh, because they can make some cash and name, image, and likeness, that's at the end of the day, that's good for the sport for those guys to be there. You know, whether they're making money or not making money, um, fans of those schools are going to like to watch them play, and basketball fans are going to want to watch a you know you're going to you're going to want to watch those games. They're going to be higher level than they are now because you're going to have older, experienced guys. So I think. I think it, in the long run, it'll be good. And I think in the long run, getting the players some type of cash um, and some type of, um, you know, guaranteed payment for, for what they're doing, um, I think is the right thing to do. <clears throat> Sounds good. There you have it, folks. I got on my soapbox a lot during that last 20 minutes. We're going to call the episode Soapbox. <laughs> Drew's High Horse. Drew's high horse. I like that even better. Drew, Drew thinks he's uh, better than you. Yeah. So. But anyway. No, and I think too, I was just thinking as you were talking there that there's always a market inconsistency, if you will, right? You know, there's always the Billy Bean money ball. It changes from era to era. And and maybe the way Iowa competes looking forward is is – um, which we already kind of see, you know, some of those mid-major schools that get maybe not the blue chip recruits, but good high school players that will stick around and form mm-hmm. a nucleus. And then you win, you know, as a team versus, you know, the Iowa States of the world who've got five new starters every year because of the transfer portal, you know, so. Yeah. And so I think um, those teams that do that are going to have those those swings right swings. some years oh, it's yeah. going to work out great everybody's going to gel other years like even it's texas is a disaster yeah everybody thought texas was the top 5 team and like they were just damn near unwatchable by the end of the i like i don't even think chris beard wanted to watch them play by, by the end of the year so <laughs> well and i was i would say like oregon you know dana altman's kind of a classic coach that's gone the route of bringing in some transfers and what last year they whooped Iowa and made a run, won the pick Pac-12, and this year where where were they? All new guys, yeah. and it it didn't it didn't, didn't work, work as well. Didn't click. So, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. But, so they'll be they'll they'll be that. And overall, you know, it's not like like we said, the trains the trains coming, whether we like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether the guy with Cy and Hawk in his Twitter handle or the guy that makes a hundred thousand posts on HawkeyeLounge.com likes it, right? Like. <laughs> It's just hey, what it is. The good news is on that Hawkeye train that's coming, Big Josh is all Josh. aboard. Big, what if Big Josh just like turned it out to be freaking awesome? <laughs> like just, the like next came chat. out and he's like just <laughs> averaging like 15 and 8 next year, dunking on people and raising the roof. <laughs> he's raising it. So uh, you heard it here first, folks. Well, Drewski, that's uh Good enough. Hey, that's good enough for me. How about we wrap it up here? Let's on wrap a, it up. Let's let's wrap it up. Next. I got a, uh, I got like a 22 hour drive to Lake Como Family Nudist Resort ahead of me here tonight. <laughs> so we got we got to get going. Yep, bringing it all around full circle. Uh, good stuff. Well, enjoy your vacation, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Please. With a full update with a full update. Yeah. Please do not send any pictures. <laughs> any photos available on the gatepool.com website. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later, Drewski. Have, have a good one.